Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here's Dickow from the deep corner for three. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. I mean, I've seen Dan Dickow hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow for SB Live Sports. With today's guest, another zag. Sometimes we have Zags on the ISO. Today's, she covered the Zags in depth for the Gonzaga Bulletin. She's parlayed that early experience into being a tremendous reporter at the NBA level where she covers the Golden State Warriors as a reporter, but also a co-host for Dubs Talk on NBC Sports Bay Area, Kendra Andrews. Kendra, you got to be busy right now with the season in full swing. It's, it's definitely busy. Got back to San Francisco last night after 48 hours in New York. So then they got another game today when we we're recording this and back to back games. So yeah, the season is, is back, but after the weird past two years, it's kind of nice to, to be running around like crazy again. Yeah, I'm sure it is nice for you to be in NBA arenas a season ago with myself calling college games. The majority of the games I called from home so far this year, it's been nice to be able to call them in person, have fans in the stands. When when you look at your experience with COVID, how has that impacted your ability to prepare for covering the team? It's been a, a challenge, a good challenge, I, especially because I moved to this beat, uh, the Warriors beat in January of 2021. So only about 10 months ago, um, which of course things were still pretty shut down. We weren't we were allowed in arenas, but we weren't allowed any in-person contact with the coaching staff or players. So for me as a new reporter, uh, I knew absolutely no one. They had no idea who I was. I was just a new face on Zoom calls. Um, and so it was definitely a challenge to start building relationships with, with guys because we never got any chance to actually have a conversation. The good news is that the Warriors are extremely welcoming and professional organization. And I had the chance to speak with Coach Steve Kerr over the phone, some players one-on-one um, over Zoom just for interviews where we kind of got to know each other a little bit. So it's been a slow process. And now finally, as I mentioned, being back in person, putting a face to that Zoom box and, and getting to actually shaking hands with people, it's finally starting that process of, of cultivating relationships and, and sources and, and just you know, human interaction with these guys. It's, it's a slow process, but it's, it's going very well so far. Yeah, it, it is diff- difficult, definitely difficult to connect with coaches and players when you're just looking through a computer screen uh, or on the phone. You did kind of touch on what I wanted to ask you next is, is the Warriors organization. I, I look at it as very similar to Gonzaga in that they have great people from, from coaching staff to players. I, I look at Steve Kerr as somebody that uh, I've had interactions with over the years tremendous respect for him and what he does but then the two best players on the team well two of the three best 
if you want to throw out Draymond Green, who's obviously amazing. But Steph and Clay both have, have personalities that are very welcoming. They're engaging. They've got great uh, reputations around the league. How has it been to work with those guys in particular? And I, I guess also Steve Kerr. It's, it's been a great experience. You know, I haven't had too many interactions with Clay Thompson yet just because he's still working his way back from his injuries. So he hasn't been readily available to media. He, he is in practices with the team. So you do get to chat with him then. I spoke with him on media day, but just in terms of the day-to-day, he's kind of kept a little bit away, further away from us as he works his way back. But hopefully when he does come back in the next couple months, can I'm trying to get on the boat, Dan. I'm trying to, I don't know if you guys have been following Clay's boat adventures, but he has a boat that he takes out on the bay. He literally commutes. I think he lives in the East Bay and he commutes to San Francisco to the Chase Center, the practice facility and arena on his boat and he docks it at the dock and then walks right into the arena. So I'm trying to get on the boat. That's going to happen hopefully, but that's awesome. Yeah. But Steph Curry is, he's great. You know, he's a true professional and he's just a nice guy. Always takes time to chat with you to, you know, very thoughtful with, with how he speaks and what he, what he says and how he carries himself. And the same goes for Steve Kerr. I think he's, He's a very, very thoughtful coach. He uses very precise words, but again, he always takes the time to talk to you. If you stop him in the tunnel or in the hallway, he always answers your questions. He's never short or uh, standoffish, even if there's issues happening with the team. You know, the last season they weren't bad, but they weren't great. Uh, and he still always took the time to chat. Um, and never shut down, which there are coaches in this league and at the college level who don't handle their team losing well. Um, so for him to kind of be able to be that good voice when they were the best team in the league for five years and when they were the worst team in their league or in the league two seasons ago, uh, he's been really good to work with. Well, I look forward to, to being able to read that story or watch the, the story on the boat episode when you finally get a chance to check it out and, and see his commute uh, to the arena. But it's well documented that Clay Thompson loves Pullman. He loves Washington State. Yes. You're a Gonzaga alum. Have you guys had a chance to kind of go back and forth and argument argue about the class of Eastern Washington and who's better? There's, I have to say, there's actually quite a few Pullman uh, people in, in, in like the Warriors media core as well. So I'm the only Zag, and we have two reporters and Clay Thompson who are all Cougs. So I do need some some Spokane backup for, for this. But um, I, I haven't had the opportunity to argue with him over that quite yet. But I will say when Avery Bradley was working out for the Warriors in training camp, he's a Seattle guy. Um and there was, it was a room of us with Avery, and it was just all Washington people. He is from Washington. Two reporters went to school in Pullman. I went to Gonzaga. Someone else is from Tacoma. And it was just this big, like, weird Washington party. But um, I, do, I do plan on letting Clay know exactly where my, where my roots are, my college roots, and, uh, you know, give him, give him a hard time. Because I think, of course, the Zags trump Pullman any day. I uh, would 100% agree with you, even though I do call a lot of Washington State games now on the Pac-12 network, and, and Kyle Smith's got those guys rolling. That's where we first met when you were a student at, at Gonzaga, and you would ask me occasionally for some insight of what I see with the current teams. Mm-hmm. How was your experience at Gonzaga to build yourself into having the career that you have now? Well, it 
helped immensely. You know, you mentioned before Gonzaga, the way that that program is run, the way that Coach Few does things, and then Mike Roth, uh, who of course retired now, but the way he handled the athletic department up to to the professional job. Now, I didn't know this when I was covering Gonzaga, but the Zags have an open locker room policy, or they did when I was there uh, for post game, and I guess a lot of colleges don't have that. They have podiums and that's the only time that you really get to chance you get a chance to talk to the players and coaches so from that just being one standpoint of just how you go about navigating the locker room because it can be a very intimidating and strange environment you know guys are that's the that, that's their space you know that's where they're getting ready that's where they're winding down after a game especially after a loss or that's where they're celebrating after a win so learning how to handle yourself in a locker room. That was a great learning point that I got from Gonzaga, how to cover such a dominant team and such a winning team. That was a huge, a huge thing covering a a coach like Mark Few and learning how to build relationships with him uh, definitely helped of how to build relationships with Steve Kerr and Michael Malone. I was in Denver before coming back out to San Francisco. So how to build relationships with coaches, how to frame your questions. So they will want to answer it, not coming from if it's about something that they're struggling with, not attacking, but just trying to convey like interest and, and phrasing questions. Um, I think those were all really great. And then also just the relationship that you need to make with the PR department or the SIDs for college, you know, Gonzaga's SIDs, I think are great. Barrett Henderson is amazing. And learning how to work with him really set me up to how to work with professional PR departments, because at the end of the day, they are kind of the gatekeepers between you and the coaches and the athletes. So building that relationship with them and learning how to say, yeah, you know, if I wrote something critical, I can defend everything I said and I'm not making things up. This is just the facts and having them have that respect for you and understand where you're coming from with certain stories. Uh, those were, were really big helps at Gonzaga. Yeah. A lot of the things that you're, you're, you, you mentioned there, I can see how they handle uh, both at the time you were a college student as well as the high level ESPN reporters who would come in for, from out of town for a couple of days. Uh, they would handle everybody in a very similar manner and and treat them with respect and try to help them accomplish the story, the goal of the story that they're trying to write. Mm -hmm. But you've broken into the NBA. Um, Women have become more prominent in in different roles throughout sports media. You've got a tremendous mentor, I would imagine, in your older sister, Malika, who's one of the premier um, hosts uh, for NBA shows. Tell us a little bit about the influence that she's had on you and the advice that she's given you. The best piece of advice my sister ever gave me, and I I keep it in my head today, is, and it's like a pretty simple piece of advice. It's as long as you have the best information, you will succeed. If you want to be on TV, well, if you have the best information, you will end up on TV. If you want to be in the front page of a paper, if you have the best information, you will be on the front page of the paper. Everything that you want will come from you getting the best information, which comes from building close relationships, which which comes from doing the, the grunt work, the less glamorous work behind the scenes. If you want the glamorous front facing position in this industry, you have to put in all of the work behind the scenes. And that's the only way you're going to 
get to the the shiny, pretty part of the job. And she told me that I think back in 2017 or 2018. And it's something that I've always carried with me since then. You know, at NBC Sports, we have pre and post game shows and I, I appear on those shows. And for me, the way I think about it is, okay, if I want to be on the pregame show tonight, I need to have the best information that they're going to want to share. And that really drives the conversations that I have, the extra phone call that I'll make. I'm naturally a shyer person, a more introverted person, but having that in mind forces me to say, no, I need to talk to these extra people to get the full, the full story, the full um, framework of, of what's going on here. Um, and so that's, that's definitely the best advice that she's given to me. And I think that a lot of young people, especially starting out in this industry at the college level, skip that really important part of the business. The way to get into this is just from doing the hard work. Um, and so that's the piece of advice that she gave me. And that's definitely, um, what I try to apply to my job well, she's a, a tremendous role model. She's doing a great job with, with uh, the studio host when I check in and, and watch it on, on occasion. But uh, everybody's got their own goals and, and kind of dreams within whatever industry they choose. You're in a great spot now with the Warriors because they're, you know, they're the best team in the league over the last seven or eight years. What are your ultimate kind of goals for your broadcasting career? That's a good question. And it's one that's changed a lot since I graduated Gonzaga. I was class of 2019 and everything has moved a lot quicker than I anticipated. I'm a, I'm a planner. Um, so when I was getting ready to graduate and was applying for jobs, uh, I thought, okay, well, if I could start out co covering college, that would be amazing. I had some freelance positions covering the Zags. So I kind of said, hey, if you're looking for someone full time to continue covering the Zags, I would love to. Uh, that quickly parlayed into, well, how about the Denver Nuggets? And I was like, oh, okay, that was my plan for two years from now. But okay, like if there, if the opportunity's here, I'm going to take it. Then when I was in Denver, my next goal was, okay, well, I'd love to move to a bigger basketball market and maybe incorporate some TV into my work. And that happened a year and a half later when I came out here to, to San Francisco. And so now I'm kind of asking that same question of, okay, what's, what's the next step? Where do I want to go? And, and I'm still figuring that out. I think something I learned about myself is I definitely don't want to stop writing. I really enjoy doing broadcasting and TV work. But just as I said, the best TV reporting comes from having the best information. I think that really goes hand in hand with writing. So I hope to be able to continue, you know, pairing those together, even if one takes precedent over the other, TV becomes a bigger part of my job than writing. Well, I still want to be able to keep writing. Um, so maybe, maybe it looks like just spreading outward from just one team into a more regional position, um, or I don't know, it's pretty good right now. So I'm trying <laughs> to kind of stay in the moment because it doesn't, as you said, it doesn't get much better than covering, uh, one of the best teams in the past, you know, 10 years and a team that's off to such a good start right now. Yeah. You're hearing kind of the progression. I knew a lot about it, but I didn't know the exact timeline. And so yeah. you've absolutely fast tracked your career and that's awesome to see. Um, and being with a great organization like Na like the Warriors are right now, it sounds like you love where you're at. And so in the success that you've created, you have a chance to be fairly selective. So I wish you nothing but the best of luck with that. But as you cover this year's Warriors team, mm -hmm. give us a glimpse of just how good these guys are. 
Oh man. I mean, if anyone watched that Brooklyn Nets game the other day, I think you have a good idea of, of, I mean, Dan, I was in the Barclays center in Brooklyn and the, the Nets have Kevin Durant, like Kevin Durant is one of the best players of all times. He's probably the best scorer. And they were chanting MVP for Stephen Curry like that. I have <laughs> never seen that happen before where you're in a, an away arena with the season's leading scorer and they're not chanting MVP for him. It's the other guy. Um, but this team is I mean, the way that they've turned the corner so drastically from a season ago, they were good last season, but not this good. And they still haven't gotten Clay Thompson back. Um, they're incredibly deep. I think you hear so often NBA players talk about how hard it is to play alongside stuff because he's so different and he's such an unpredictable player. But the way that the new guys have come in and quickly acclimated to sharing the court with him, you have veteran players that have been on this team for a long time and Draymond and Kevon Looney is an underrated player who gel really well. Andre Iguodala is back. So they have a lot of pieces that are working for them. Then they're going to add Clay Thompson back to the mix. And while I think it's going to take a little bit for him to get readjusted to the speed of the game, just being out on the court after being out for two years, come playoffs, I think he'll be ready to go. And uh, that'll be a very, the Warriors are dangerous in the playoffs. And so there's, there's really no telling to what this team can't do. It's very early. Obviously a lot of other teams around the NBA are still figuring it out and still, um, cleaning up what they need to be cleaned up, addressing chemistry issues, uh, just figuring out exactly what their identity is. But the way I look at, at it is the Warriors are also cleaning things up and aren't 100% perfect. But if they're starting two or three steps above the rest, everyone's going to be progressing up. And that includes the Warriors who are already yeah. ahead of the rest of the group. Yeah, that's the amazing thing is, is as well as they're playing now when I tune in and watch – they don't even have one of the greatest shooters of all time. They might have the greatest shooter ever in Steph Curry, but then they have a top five shooter of all time that's just ready to get back and, and add to the firepower. Well, I can't let you go without asking you a Mark Few story because I know you spent time talking with Gonzaga as a college student. Um, give us a Mark Few, some insight on Mark Few. Okay. Well, I have, t- I, have two, I have two stories for you, but one of them isn't a Mark Few story. It's a Rui Hachimura story, but I'm going to tell it anyway because God love the Zags. I'll start <laughs> with that one. And that one was that, um, so my sophomore year and Rui's freshman year, we lived in the same uh, like dorm apartment complex at GU. And his English wasn't very good when he first arrived at Gonzaga. And... I was walking in the parking lot of the apartment complex and he was out there too. And he's like, Kendra, Kendra, can you come here for a second? And I was like, Hey, what's up? And he goes, can you help me? It's like, with, with what do he goes, I'm really hungry and I need to order a pizza, but I don't want to talk to the guys on the phone. Cause it just makes me like really nervous. Cause my English isn't good. Will you just order me a pizza? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I order him the pizza. And then later he comes around like knocks on he's like do you want some of the pizza like it came like you you deserve some of the pizza I'm like no Rui but thanks that's my Rui story the Mark Few story it might have been my freshman year and they lost can't remember who the game was against but the Zag lost the game and Mark Few wasn't very happy and I was standing in the tunnel talking to Jonathan Williams J3 um who had just transferred in and we were standing in the tunnel and I was talking to him and I saw the locker room door starting to close and the locker room door has a code lock on the outside to get in. I obviously don't know the code. So I see the door closing and I'm like, 
ah, crap, I have to get in there. So I say, sorry, I have to go. And I'm wearing high heels. And I just start running down the tunnel to catch the door before it closes and I catch it. And Mark Few comes around the corner and he looks at me and he goes, damn, see if my team had hustled like that, we would have won tonight. And then he looked down and saw that I was wearing high heels and goes, and you did it in heels, man. You need to teach these guys how to run the floor. And then he just went into his office. And that was the first one-on-one conversation I ever had with coach Few. And I think that that was our bonding moment. (laughs) That is an awesome story, both on Rui, but also coach Few. So well, Kendra, I really appreciate the time. I know you're busy with, uh, I mean, the NBA schedule for people that don't understand and realize it, you don't get a break for about eight months. So I appreciate you carving out some time for a fellow Zag. I wish you nothing but the best of luck as your career continues to go. And who knows, I owe my son, who's nine years old, a, a NBA trip at some point. It might be a Warriors game. And if that's the case, uh, I'd love to catch up in person and, and kind of uh, see how you work Uh, during an NBA game. So thanks again for joining. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.